Hi, friends. Thank you for tuning in to Love Service Wisdom this week. I am Radha, your host, your guide. And this week, I'm sharing with you a conversation from or with Asia Andromeda, who, if you'll remember, if you've been listening to my show, she was one of my first episodes that I released back in August of 2019 when I launched. She is a multidimensional channel and an intergalactic shaman. She's a guide of mine and someone who I work with on a personal level and who I also turn to when I'm looking for some guidance or some clarity. I love watching her YouTube channel, Multidimensional You, as in the letter U, like university, but you meaning you. So multidimensional you. Her YouTube is fantastic, has all kinds of downloads and channelings and guides and like pieces of wisdom and a certainly helpful reference while navigating this time that we're in this government lockdown quarantine time. Asia and I recorded this conversation right when the quarantine first happened in mid-March. She and I had scheduled it a month earlier, and then there we were in quarantine, and I went to release it a couple weeks ago, and while I was uploading it, I was multitasking with uh, my other computer going, and I was homeschooling Benji, and we had all these computers out on the table, and I went to plug in his computer because his power is going to die, and or his power is going to go out. And I knocked over a cup of coffee and spilt it all into the back of this computer that I use for my DJing, DJ Shocker Khan, as, as well as my podcast. And boom, there went the computer. So $400 later, I have it all back up and running. I'm so fortunate to have gotten it back. And now I'm going to release this podcast for you guys. So it's a little bit late, but boy, better late than, than never for sure. And I think you'll really enjoy it. Asia has a an event, a global meditation coming up on Earth Day for 22 next week. So I'm going to put this out right before Earth Day to let some of you guys know about it that might be following the podcast. If you want to be a part of the meditation, it's free. You can go to her site, her website, multidimensionalyou.com backslash Earth Day to sign up. Um, I'll be on it too, as well as I'm sure uh, so many other people. So I'm looking forward to that connection point next week with her. It's going to be really, really, really incredible, I'm sure. And um, yeah, this conversation with her, um, I can't quite recall now what we talked about, all different kinds of things. It's funny with Asia, there's some people that you have like, let's say, archetypical relationships with, and there's a little bit of trickster in the energy that I have with her where, like I shared, I lost this podcast. And then right at the end of the podcast, when we were recording it, the um, recording ended because I ran out of space in my computer. And so there's a, a sudden stop, let's say, of the conversation at the end, but we were already wrapping up anyway. So I put a little outro into the end of this recording for you to give you just the the lowdown on how we wrapped up. And yeah, I hope you're navigating this time well. I know there's ups and downs, definitely for me, for sure. And I'm well aware that I'm on the privileged end of the spectrum for navigating this time too. I've got, 
you know, I'm my own boss, so I don't have all this extra work coming down the tubes. And I was able to navigate the SBA loans with much headache, but fingers crossed, I think it was successful. And the children, Maya and Benji, they go back and forth between my ex-husband and I. So I've had this week to myself and my partner, Krishna, he was down in Boulder. So I feel a sense of spaciousness, which I know is rare and I'm incredibly, incredibly, incredibly grateful for. Um, One thing I think that's happening is the highlighting of all of the inequities that are within our system, particularly our American system. So personally, this going back to normal, I really hope that that doesn't actually happen, that we make a lot of changes in the way our society is structured so that more people can be supported with home and resources and community and health and wellness. That's just my personal I'm just going to put that out there for a second. So I'm grateful for where I'm at because I actually feel quite good and I hope many of you do too, but I know that's not the truth for millions and millions of Americans and those across the world. So a lot of compassion for the layers and levels of suffering that many, 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 many are going through. And I recognize too at this time, just with like the emotional, psychological warfare that's kind of feels like it's going on with the news and the state that we're in that mindfulness practices and embodied practices and time in nature are now more than ever soothing and healing and a balm for our suffering souls that could be just internally with our mind or with our bodies or in our environment so i've been offering a lot of free online classes through my studios that are closed in the brick and mortar sense sage yoga and wellness and source meditation space but if you hop on to their facebook Um, pages, Sage Yoga and Wellness and Source Meditation Space, and you go to their tabs that say live. There's a whole library now of live classes from myself, but the yoga teachers at the yoga studio and the meditation teachers at the meditation studio that you can just watch and enjoy for free. And so do that, please. Like Check those out. I think that they're incredibly useful and they're of no cost. And just even if maybe you can't pay attention the whole time, like the yoga class or whatever, like even just a little bit is, I feel really super duper, duper, duper beneficial. I've also been putting out more content through my Instagram, Marissa Rada Wepner. If you go there, there are some meditation techniques, there's some breathwork techniques, there's some little Dharma talks, and I'm live streaming as well through my Instagram yoga classes and meditation classes too. So please use those resources. If you want more one-on-one personal time, I am taking a few life coaching clients. I've kind of dusted off that little tool in my toolbox as of late since I've been home. I have um I used to do that a years ago more and I kind of stopped doing it as I was going through my own internal an external transition through my divorce for the past couple of years. And so it feels really great to get back into it. And if that's something that you're seeking a little bit more accountability and personal time, connection time with me going deep, reach out to me, send me a message and we can talk about that.
But for now, I want to offer to you Asia Andromeda. She's so incredible, and it's such a gift to have had her time and um, just so, so, so grateful. Thank you, Asia, for, for all that you offer and all that you are. I hope you all enjoy this conversation, and I'll be with you again soon. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. And yeah, we scheduled this call over a month ago. I reached out and here we are. A lot's happened since then and it feels like divine timing that I get to have this conversation with you now. I'm really grateful for your time. Yeah, as you might imagine, I'm getting called up like never before to reach as many people as I possibly can. Um, And people are ready. There's disruption and Mm -hmm. you know how that works. What are you... What are you saying for the people that are reaching out? I mean, like, is it, is it ones that you wouldn't have expected to hear from? Um, Well, so I'm in constant connection with the human collectives, higher self. And last fall I was in the desert on a vision quest in preparation for putting a signature talk together. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go get the message that humanity wants Mm -hmm. to hear. And I'll just be the conduit for that. And it was so clear that humanity is ready. What did they tell me? They said exactly, we're ready to remember that love is our birth right now. But, yeah, that's a good one. And then I've been working on it for, well, since then, tweaking it, modifying it. And now, now here we are. Here we are. Let's remember that love is our birthright and not fear while we spiral into fear. Yeah, so, yeah, it's really big. It's quite quite a, a go time for me. And, and you can imagine feeling at different points in the awakening journey, like fringe, very fringe, fringe uh, and kind of wondering, is this ever going to have a place? And then, you know, you go through the human collective is going through a massive disruption now, just like in deconstruction. And that's what I've had to do at the individual level, like so many people. And so, (laughs) yeah, available Mm -hmm. for something different. Mm -hmm. The work you've been doing for years has been the perfect um, foundation for you to have this voice right now. Absolutely. Um, My whole uh, business model got upended um, just a couple of months ago, they told me I'm, I'm to let go of emergence now and I'm building out something completely different that is launching Earth Day. And I, I was kind of, kind of threw me for a tailspin, but I know, I know better than to not follow my higher guidance. And then this all happened. I went, oh, of course, here it is. So that's that interesting journey of still like trusting kind of blindly what you mm-hmm. can't see in the physical Can you yet, tell you know? us what that's going to be that you're launching on Earth Day? Yeah, and I just we wanted, are. are we, we are live, live now? Yes, oh, we are. Okay, right on. We started recording. <laughs> uh, yeah, right on. And um, and um, it is uh, we're we're doing a mass meditation event first of all. So we just came off the spring equinox, which was exceptionally powerful. And there's something really powerful when a group comes together and we move into our multidimensional embodiment and do work. It's, you can't really call it a meditation. It's, 
it, it transcends that. And I'm still working on vocabulary for that. <laughs> um, but so Earth Day is a mass meditation event. Um, and then uh, we're opening up something called Earth Recovery Team. So this was the divine directive I was given to shift completely what I was doing out of maybe what you would think of as metaphysical coaching into full-on movement building. And uh, it's basically coming together once a month to work on the world's river systems, working with water uh, as a focal point. But of course, when you have, you know, a huge group of meditators coming together in their multidimensional constructs, uh, we're working in pre-matter states of consciousness and directly impacting form. So I, I see this time that we're all in right now as um, deep disruption so that a lot of people can get out of business mm -hmm. as usual, the status quo, really kind of take stock for a moment. Yeah, what, what have I been doing? Maybe this hasn't been serving me, right? And this is the journey they have to go on individually. But I can tell what's you what's really, really happening. happening. <laughs> What's really happening, and this came through my field, I uh, on Imbolc, that, yeah, that time on the second. Celtic Wheel between our solstice and spring equinox, that everything that is no longer in our highest timeline will begin to dissolve. So kind of like, ready or not, change is upon you. And it's not maybe going to make a lot of sense for people. Um, so the best thing to do is understand, first mm -hmm. of all, that's what's happening. Um, we can see the virus either as our enemy or as our ally. And I always go to the highest dimensional level I can. And of course, from that perspective, I see this disruptive element as a, quite an ally, helping people, you know, just take a huge pause right now, take stock of their lives. Probably for a lot of people who've been overbooked and very busy and, um, you know, I would actually argue that our modern education system does not promote or uh, develop intimacy with our children because they're gone mm -hmm. from us so yeah, much of the day. Yeah. yeah. My family has moved in. We, we moved into shaman school right before all this happened. My daughter's guides came in and interrupted our lives. We'll take her out of even the newer school that she was in that was already a step away from conventional school. And you will begin channeling her guides at home. And she has a whole path that she's on. And it will be working with the element of fire and, and earth and her guidance comes in. I'm not the teacher. And then we realized that we would step back into something we did in fourth grade, which was unschooling. And that that format is much more aligned with who we are, what we want for her. And so we as a family have been going through all these change adjustments right before all the shift happened for the collective um, you know, as way showers, most people have been put in a position in order to serve the greater human collective with some last minute adjustments is what it felt like at the end of last mm -hmm. year, early in this year. Oh, it's time to really not hold back on a lot of the more life-sustaining, more, uh, you know, consciously driven uh, lifestyle choices and, you know, not by lecturing anyone but just by way showing by example yeah I'd have to say and I don't want this to come off as like callous or insensitive but the shift that's happened in just this past week I've really been in it now with my business closing last 
Monday and the kids being home with me from school last Monday too. So one week, and in this one week, I can't help but feel really good. I feel really good about the pace of things. I feel really good about dropping in and spending more time with my kids. I feel really good about not being overscheduled and people asking so many things of me and having to like plan and do and organize and plan and do and organize and go and go and go. I feel like I feel like I've entered my natural rhythm. Flow. There it is. Yeah, and the overlay of time. Mm-hmm. You know, wearing a watch, right, has been quite a taskmaster. And what I channeled a couple of weeks ago as this was really starting to break open in the U.S. was that humanity is beginning to break out of a very contracted, limited, not even just worldview, but level of embodiment, the way that we're showing up in the world and saying there's kind of an enslavement that people have been in not to create any us and them, right? Uh, It's just more of the options have always been here, but we didn't, for various reasons, see them. Now people are able to have to commute two hours a day. Um, You know, they're they're able to slow way down and be much present. And it's in this, see, there's something coming through my field right now that's like, use this time for a PSA. This is the moment for everyone to use to kind of shoehorn out of that old existence, use it as this beautiful kind of, you know, quantum leaper into, well, why not? Why can't I, you know, change Mm -hmm. just happens, ready or not. What could I maybe do permanently and differently that really sustains me and feeds my my children so much more? Yeah. Uh, what are the trade-offs? Absolutely. I've, I've noticed the same thing happened. where it's similar to the aspect of like the, like the waters in Venice, right? And how they've cleaned up and cleared up and the fish are returning and life is returning. It feels to me energetically that the same thing is occurring within my own being and that I wasn't aware, even at the level that I've been operating at, how, let's just say, polluted I have been and how disconnected I have been even though I'm pretty connected, I've still been very connected. And so this, even this idea of like, well, they, it's them that are disconnected and not me. It was like this revelation of like, oh no, it's been me too. I've been the one that hasn't connected to my neighbors. I've been the one who hasn't slowed down and opened up and have just been so full, go, 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 thinking that I'm doing well. And in lots of ways I was yet also missing a lot, missing a lot. And so just within my own self, it's been this really huge wake up call. And I, my hope is that others are feeling that sense of peace and kind of like a new dawn, like a cleaning of the lens. And that with that, then there will be the desire. Now I don't want to return to the old way. How will I go back? No, 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 no. I'm not going to go back. Not going to go back. You don't have to go back. (laughs) Permission granted. Um, I've been getting up and walking up the hill. We're in the forest here. So to see the sunrise here, you have to walk up the hill a little ways and just really wanting to be in the energy of sunrise. And it occurred to me that the reason I'm doing that is to really work with these incredible, um, you know, our planetary body and the sun to bring in that energy of the dawn. Because that's where we're at right now, right? 
and you know, this is what I, I this is my wheelhouse to talk about multidimensional everything. And so a multidimensional embodiment embodiment can only happen when we slow down, like everyone is getting the opportunity to do right now, whether they're taking it or not, mm-hmm. right? That's a choice point. Allows you to start to drop out of your out of your mental zone. And to your point about wow, I was still, there was just so much going on. There was so much noise, right? Vibrational noise. And what I'm showing now, being shown now is that if you take this opportunity to drop into the zero point, not even think about how you might do things differently, but just hold the zero point, it effectively cancels out all of the noise and chaos so it's not like escapism, right? It's not numbing out. That's kind of a, mm-hmm. a different thing. It is canceling out. And so, you know, I think I'm getting a lot of questions. What can I do? I've been doing, you know, the grounding meditation and things like this. What, what more can I do? It's an interesting paradox. We're all kind of <laughs> quarantined and not able to interact with one another. So what can we do? And this is, this is that beautiful opening of you know, opening to this multidimensional self that you didn't even realize was there. And can, I mean, you want to talk about the queen of being able to work remotely. Your multidimensional self is so amazing. It can orchestrate things in pre-matter and then things show up in your physical reality in a way that will start to feel like, you know, you're, you're manifesting out of thin air. That's emanation, right? And so this beautiful thing of, of, dropping deep in with, within yourself, taking back up your own connection to source, to your own guidance. And something I'm borrowing a phrase uh, from uh, NASA, they would do tech transfer. Everything they developed for the space program, that's guess what? That's where our diapers come from. <laughs> you know, P-flows people, right? <laughs> and so we're doing inner tech transfer multidimensional selves now if we take the time to quiet the other thing i'm hearing is people's littles right the kids they're they're actually slowed down enough and the intimacy is growing because we're spending more time together actually hear what's coming out of the mouth of babes and it's some really profound wisdom and just observations Uh, you know if yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and they've been paying attention all along. We just haven't noticed them paying attention. <sighs> yeah, they're saying profound things, but because they're in the body of a small person, we've been conditioned to not really hear it. And I think many people are available to hear it very differently now. Yeah, I'm thinking of this moment with Benji. He's my little eight-year-old. And he, Krishna, my partner and I were on a hike. This was maybe a couple months ago. And on the hike, we, I didn't have cell service and he was with his um, school group. They were on a field trip out to the Y and he'd actually had an accident and fallen down and they were trying to get a hold of me and my phone wasn't working. And so we were hiking and Krishna and I, when we were hiking, we were hiking and talking and we we're actually talking about mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms and in this um, brainstorming this concept of working with them in a different way. And then we were about to enter into a canyon and I saw psilocybin mushrooms on the ground. And I said, wow, look at them they're right there. And then we stop and we pause and we were looking at these. And then that moment, his phone rings and he gets the call from his Benji school that, that they've been trying to get a hold of us. 
And we then come back and get get to Benji. But when we tell him that story, he says, oh, mushrooms are the new Wi-Fi. And I love that concept and that idea. I'm like, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yes, that's just it. I, I, I think we're all going to be in awe at how fast our species is about to evolve. Right. This is a quantum leap we're all making. And I think there's four, I'm actually being guided to speak to the larger majority of people right now. And it's to help reframe current events from this is a disruption. We have to wait for it to get over. And then I'm going to get back to my normal status quo into we orchestrated this for ourselves as an intentional interruption so that we could take stock and go through some inner adjustments and come out the other side in a completely different way. So deep disruption allows for these emergent new innovations in communication and all of it, transportation, education. Yeah, the feeling that keeps coming up for me is opportunity. We're giving a huge opportunity, huge opportunity, huge opportunity to pause and stop and take stock like you're saying and do things a different way. We wouldn't have really been able to do it otherwise. It would have just, the machine would have kept churning and going relentlessly. Yeah. Yeah. The hamster wheel, you know, it just, there's, uh, and, and to a certain extent, a lot of people being in a certain level of scarcity consciousness, Mm. right? The narrative is we have limitation and lack. And so this is a beautiful time to really look at the fears that are coming up for you around scarcity, about victim anything. And that's an opportunity to heal some deep wounding from the ancestral line. I I also think the virus is helping us present some of that shadow from past events worldwide, like the plague, like cholera outbreaks that were very traumatizing to a population that didn't really understand them, right? And they often got interpreted more in maybe dogmatic ways. And so, yeah, that reframe, this is happening because we orchestrated it in order. This, these were my health events 10 years ago. I was hospitalized for random things three times in like a year and a half. And I finally slowed down enough to really start to change course, go inward. It really shifted and it was a big pivot for me. And so to see that happening for the entire human collective, and it's not happening for, it's really um, the entire human collective choosing that for themselves, otherwise this wouldn't be happening right now, is is very exciting to me. So on the one hand, yes, in initial stages, it's going to be bumpy, a little bit disorienting. Change often is, especially if you didn't think that you voluntarily signed up for it. But then, you know, that coming back to core practices of breath work, mindfulness, self-awareness, and then opening up to something even beyond that. Uh, and only events like this can do that. For me, it was, you know, the, my three hospitalizations and then the death of my father pretty much cracked me wide open and I was available for something bigger. I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of if it doesn't have to be that hard, let's not make it that hard. So a lot of what I think the people I work with are doing are trying to soften the edges of this using multidimensional work to do that, right? Calling in um, a lot of energetic support to stabilize 
and, and help kind of take off the surface level of fear that isn't so mm-hmm. helpful, right? It, it's that reptilian brain and kind of getting stuck in old patterns of thought. Um, and so using, it basically is kind of all hands on deck, bring all your protocols forward, whatever works for you to get out and walk, maybe swim, maybe just be in the bath, um, do whatever it takes to come back to zero point and get yourself grounded and centered. That is absolutely the, the most powerful thing everybody at the individual level could be doing right now. And then start to play around with tuning into something bigger than yourself and see what starts to happen. Because the, what's happening right now is the foundation of a civilization based in unity consciousness. And so the fact that the entire planet is disrupted at the same time is not random. No, 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 and no. And it, it, and it feels like my, one of my other teachers I was talking to um, just the other day, he was saying how the voices of fear have been so loud and so unified and the voices of light have been operating so much in their individual realms. The hope being that now these voices of light are getting louder and reconnecting to each other and casting that web, that stream even bigger. Absolutely. And again, viruses ally um, here in the United States, our president said words that you couldn't have imagined him saying months ago. Uh, our one big beautiful American family where Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberals, which is beautiful to see. Yes. In a press wow. conference a couple days ago. And so, you know, when we get to what we're one big human family, well, you know, right? Steps, we'll get to <laughs> And, you know, look, I would encourage everyone to look for examples of unity consciousness beginning to build former conflict, people finding common ground they didn't think they had. Have, being Having to work together now is forcing people to set aside some of the more petty superficial differences and go deeper than And that. even on that superficial oh, level too of noticing even more the interconnected global supply chain and still pretending like we're separate and we're different when in reality we rely so much on each other. And we have for a long time. Absolutely. You know, earlier this morning, I was reading some material I channeled two years ago about the future of Multidimension U, this company. And it was how we'll be operating in the year 2028. And a lot of what it talked about was front running this new way of being together. It's not just people who come together to get a job done or work there. Everyone's field is so intricately connected that we can feel one another, we can communicate, and eventually we cease to use the technology that we currently use. That makes me, I love it. I'm seeing so, you know how the trees are interconnected under the roots underground, and when one tree is suffering, the other tree network sends its energy and supports to that one tree that needs it. It's like that, being so aware of each other and in the web that we can redirect each other, each other's energy. It was, I just recently heard a parable too, and I can't remember who said it, but it was a story of like uh, South American culture. I'm probably going to get this wrong, but how when one person falls down, everybody slows down 
so that they can all continue to walk together at that slower person's rate versus the American mindset of pick yourself up. Your yeah, and by yourself. Down. Yeah, right. As long as you take care of you, right. you'll be fine. I'm yep. going to take care of me and I'll be fine. That paradigm is going away. The whole thing is shifting and making way for something very, very different. You know, people ask me, what do you mean by the multidimensional self? And this gets tricky, right? Because we're used to working with constructs that are known in the physical world. The phraseology I've been given for years now is we are fundamentally a plasmic field of consciousness, right? Maybe a body of energy. And we can animate this form in this planetary system and it's also animating a form in a different star system. And it's maybe animating a, a whole planet in another system. And then it kind of goes even more esoteric than that. And so very quickly you begin to realize it's, we're making an identity shift and we don't have to operate from the limitations of you know, a Cartesian worldview in this set of physics. We can bump into this next level of embodiment which is completely non-local and our good friends, the quantum physicists are, you know, bringing out more uh, of this research every, every year. And that's a very different place. That's that inner tech transfer I was talking about. And so, you know, there's an aspect of, of your field that has a tremendous experience in a different planetary system with disruption and ascension. And what do they have to say? And a lot of people, you know, are still trying to, reach everything from the cerebral, like just the mental level. But what I would encourage everyone to do is just reach for energetically from your heart space. Don't worry if there's no words, form, sound, anything, visuals, just reach for it from your heart and just then notice in the, in the days after you go through that, maybe you do that in meditation, what sort of ideas you start having, what sort of thoughts and connections you start making and realizations, yes. right? That, that just completely changes the entire fabric of reality. And what I've been told is we can change Earth in one generation now because of this kind of quantum shift we're making. <sighs> oh, man, it fills me with so much hope. It fills me with so much lightness. It fills me. It just feels so huge, the opportunity now. And I feel like this, this what's occurring of really the unknown being so present because all the future plans have been wiped out. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen the next week. All of the pl travel plans and work plans and family plans and plans into the future, all us having to let go of what we thought we were controlling and, and surrendering into that unknown allows us to open up into that energetic space because there's no choice, because it's beyond the logical mind and, and knowing. <laughs> You can't get there with your mind now. Your mind cannot project into yes. the future and try and figure it out for you. So what else are you going to do? Yeah, and you know, absolutely. In fact, Jude and I were joking because I was like, oh, look at the California. Oh, yeah, that's, nope, that changed. And a lot of it was because of the change we were guided to initiate even before coronavirus broke out. And then that you know, this arrived and then things are shifting even more. And, you know, my guidance a few years ago told me don't plan more than two months ahead. And I remember being like, but that doesn't set up with my business coaching model. right? <laughs> and it's like, let that go. And here's the reason 
right? It's because when we're planning out our future, we're actually not creating anything new because we're drawing from our past. And now when you, like you said, you're, you're coming face to face with the mystery, the uncertainty, right? I choose to say mystery, right? And I love the mystery. That is exactly it. And then it puts you consistently back in the present moment because you, there's probably some discomfort for most people. And that discomfort is very presenting. And one of the most important things for people right now, I've been told by the Arcturians is that everyone is reconnecting to their emotions more than ever before. And that's a really important bridge to the meta physical self and being able to live in this reality very differently. Yes. Right. Feel your feels, feel the emotions are important, feel your discomfort. And I think before it was easy to like, well, I just got to work. I got to go here. I got to, you know, entertainment, friends, bar, got to go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. Busy, busy, busy. Feeling is the bridge between thinking and energy and the divine between thinking and the divine is feeling. And that's how we can connect those dots through our feeling sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because energy doesn't lie. How many times maybe, you know, especially as older, you know, we got trained probably as kids and then adults. Did we say yes when we actually wanted to say no? And why did we do that? Right. And so, yeah, energy just doesn't lie. And, And the more we give ourselves permission to, you know, tune in, I mean, sometimes, you know, it doesn't always come like that because a lot of our mental conditioning put in system overrides to our well, We expect the immediate system, knowing right? and the immediate answer. And without it, we feel very uncomfortable. And so we just cling to the first thought, which like you pointed out, is from the past. It's knowing from the past. And allowing yourself the spaciousness to be in the present moment and to be with feeling and not have it have a form yet is is it requires so much trust. And trust is something that's hard to cultivate too when we've been so traumatized and we're scared. When you're scared, it's really hard to trust. So how do you get unscared? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's kind of like um, helping the whole nervous system reprogram mm-hmm. itself right now. I've been telling a lot of the people I work with, uh, some people are very disturbed by this time. Some people are very excited because there's some, you know, drama playing itself out in terms of who's been in control and and who's not. And some people are really uh, kind of attached to that narrative and those outcomes. And what I'm telling everyone, no matter where they land on that, just take a break from a lot of those external news feeds to give yourself a chance to recalibrate and really come into reconnection with who am I? What am I doing here? Am I happy? And have I been hiding? Most of the people I work with are way shores, right? And like I said at the top of, of, the, of our conversation today, there hasn't been a lot of room for that in the collective discussion until now. And so... There's just a lot that is starting to present itself as an opportunity for us to move into the most authentic, expansive, life-sustaining, unity-based version of ourselves and our communities. 
um, yeah, really an unprecedented opportunity at this time. Unprecedented, unprecedented times. It's so exciting. And again, I don't want that to seem or sound callous because I know with the virus, there is suffering that is happening. And a lot of folks who are on the front lines, let's say medically, are really getting hammered in so many ways. And I have a lot of compassion for that. I just, I can't help but feel that now is the great shift. Yeah, absolutely. 10 years ago, one of those hospitalizations for me was swine flu. And I was in the hospital for three days. At the time, absolutely, it was no picnic. It was very disorienting. It was scary. We didn't know what was happening. Um, with hindsight, I realized it was a major disruptive moment for me to help me align much more with you know, everything that I do now. And that didn't happen overnight. It took a good 10 years, those first few years of really kind of getting hit with the cosmic two by four um, by life. And definitely I had to go through mm -hmm. lots of feelings of anger of why me, of, you know, why is this happening to me? I was supposed to be doing this. And so that's why I offer the, I think, you know, most of our suffering comes from yeah. resistance to what it's is. It's true. Yeah. Right. So recognizing that we've got to go through some of that emotion and grieving, frankly, for the life we used to lead and the identity we once had. But then the extent to it, you know, that's what I've been telling my, my clients right now who are in that process right now. And it, it, it can be really ugly, right? And very challenging. The extent to which you can let go of any resistance, though, to what has happened, right? Because you can't change the death of loved ones is the extent to which you will move out of that stage of feeling very stuck and like a victim and able to reinvent yourself. Kind of, I think the other thing to keep in mind, um, and my father's death helped me get there myself uh, because our relationship didn't end when he died. It changed, right? Our communication style changed, how we connect, but it's still very, very, a huge part of my life still. And so while his death was very, it was catastrophic for me at the time, it was unexpected. It was just, it was very difficult. Ultimately, we are this body of consciousness and we don't end. And so if those of us still in the physical make an effort, they're right there, right? So I'm, I'm actually seeing before the coronavirus came even, before that I was starting to see a lot of people transitioning in, in some of my clients' lives and it, it, they're developing a new relationship. Okay, it carries on and there's wisdom that they're sharing. And so if we just, again, we're opening ourselves up to so much more now. And it's, it's more of a remembering. It is. Than it is a remembering. It is a remembering. And I, what I was thinking about this weekend too was even just, again, like the sense of neighborhood and place and how we're all in our own little homes and don't interact and thinking like, well, gosh, like, I don't know, in the 40s or 50s, we used to sit on our stoop and know each other and converse that way. And that wasn't that long ago, but we've all forgotten how to do that. Let's remember how to do that. Well, and it's Right. Who, who are your neighbors, right? I, I, maybe you don't want to introduce yourself right now. 
<laughs> wait, wait a couple months. Um, but I, yeah, I grew up with block parties still happening. We knew all our neighbors. We would gather in the summer. And then in my adult life, I realized that is not a feature, you know, kind of really anywhere I lived except my, maybe one place. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's a reclaiming. I think we kind of hit the pinnacle, the peak of the materialistic age, which creates a lot of separation, isolation, and loneliness. Um, it's not that trade-off for greater material a comfort, if you will, is it really worth? I think that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. It's like re-examine what you've traded off. And I mean, I can feel it right now in my heart center. So much, there's so much creativity that people want to explore. They lives to be a creation rather than I have to work. And then I save my creative stuff for the, when I can fit it on the side. What if you flip that around? And you, you just invent something. Yeah, the Toltecs in that tradition, your your life is an artist. You call yourself an artist. Those on the path are artists. We're all artists creating our life. I'm curious what you may have heard from Gaia around all of this. Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of work um, within my groups. I actually, uh, to... Uh, help humanity recalibrate its vibration, right? Into a higher vibration with Gaia. The Blue Whale Collective came through this month for one of the groups I work with. And they were talking about something called a vibronic harmonic. Um, so see if I can put this in layman's terms, right? Make this accessible here. Again, we think of ourselves as this human body and this identity. But if everything is energy... What is our field emanating? What kind of vibronic harmonic are we in? And what is that creating? Is it creating coherence and life-sustaining, you know, patterns? Or is it creating discord, right? And I would, I would say right now, a lot of people are in discord because they're feeling very disoriented, chaotic. This is why... You know, I just keep saying the most important thing you can do is bring yourself into the zero point and quiet out, cancel out all that noise. The void is, a, is, a, is just such a powerful place to reinvent everything, collapse old timelines, change things out. And so um, the vibronic harmonic, the other way to think of this is if you were a composition or a song, what would you sound like? What do you want your song to be? And that is what Gaia has kept, she kept keeps showing me is that humanity is in the process of creating a different mm. song. And she's like, and I've been very patient. <laughs> yes, she has. Wow, like a patient yeah. mother. <laughs> so, right. You're going to have your tantrums and your... Okay. Right. But ultimately a very, very loving presence, right? Her, her body of consciousness, you know, my daughter's shaman school, right? She has a shaman teacher, a spirit guide from the Lyran system. One of the first things he did was bring her into a shamanic journey in which he showed her the body of consciousness that created this planet and that continues to animate it today. 
And so this idea that it's some random amalgamation of events that, you know, created this planetary body, right? It's like setting all of that aside and setting aside kind of the distorted view of that too, that's highly patriarchal of like, you know, the God, the father type of thing, um, missing God, mother God. And I could talk about a lot of work we've been doing with mother God. I would love to hear that. Yes. Um, so, so just understanding that our physical bodies are animated by a, a body of consciousness. So if that's possible, what else can this body of consciousness do if we give it leeway to do that now? A complete reinvention of our reality versus the dominant worldview is that we're in a fixed reality. You know, nothing could be further from the truth, but we've been playing out that kind of a, the I matrix. Guess, a game for a long time. Yeah, and we're, we're transcending that now. Um, so in terms of the mother God construct, she is making a huge return, right? And she was very quick to point out that she uh, did not get oppressed or suppressed. She allowed herself to step back so that this experiment of kind of the, that missing balance component could be explored. But now there is this movement back actually into the triad mother, father, God, child, right? And this transcends the actual physical notions of what those are. But I will tell you what mother God has done, this mother God body of consciousness uh, in this one group that I'm working in with only three women in it. She came in about a week ago through our fields and we were guided among many things, basically to retrieve the archives for a much more balanced, life-sustaining civilization on this planet that has been here before, right? Often referred to as Lemuria. And she made these widely available to every single human being. And it, it, it took my breath away because I realized it, you don't have to be on this journey, on this path, um, keeping out a multidimensional reality to be affected by that. And it will, so when the, when the US president spoke those words about this beautiful American family, I had that moment of, we're finding it again. It's finding its way, right? Versus a lot of the distortion that has been running rampant for a very long time. So the the mother God concepts bringing forth these codes and ways of being from the Lumerian civilization and making that available to us now. Absolutely. You could think of it as we have if, um, higher dimensional archives. Right? Some people might call this which is coming records. up so much now. I have everyone everywhere I turn. Every time I look over my shoulder, somebody's telling me they're now reading the Akashic records. <laughs> so right, they're they're reaching into different dimensional stores mm-hmm. of information. <laughs> I go open that file on my computer. <laughs> Let's see what's in there. Um, and, and because we're all connected, um, there's this technology transfer, if you will, right? It's almost like by osmosis. I think we talked maybe last time mm-hmm. about the hundredth monkey effect. If people, oh, you know, in a certain state of consciousness, accessing, accessing a certain state of information, right? It's that vibronic harmonic. We're shifting our vibrational coordinates into a different reality and taking our bodies with us, right? Our bodies are actually part of that that substrate. And all of a sudden, a whole new, it's kind of like what you just talked about, about seeing that 
wait, there's a whole other level of connection for me. Yeah. Here. What's coming through for me now listening to that is remembering the Celestine prophecy. Do you remember how that ends? It's when, this is how I recall it. And I read it like 20 years ago, so I may be getting it wrong, but I remember it being about the, the energetic shift. It was almost like a, like a one group of people are in a state of consciousness going into another dimension, like moving through mist. And some didn't go because they weren't in that level of consciousness. And then for those that were that, that opened in that way, that just was their new reality. It wasn't even almost like there was a physical, like, I don't know if I'm describing this the right way. Like it, there wasn't a physical transition though. There was, it was just like a, a like a veil walking mm-hmm. through and then you're in the other place. Absolutely. Yep. You're describing exactly what um, some of the advanced galactic star races have described timeline jumping. It's not maybe easy, but it's very straightforward and simple of moving yourself like onto a different track into a different room. What I've seen when people transition out of their physical body, that's actually what they experience. I've spoken to a number of people on the other side. And then when they show me their death event, it's literally like they wake up and it's seamless. Be different people there right? Maybe loved ones who are already on the other side there. That's it. It's, it's just so seamless. And so for all of us now to make that shift, uh, it, it really is that straightforward, not necessarily easy because of the resistance that is still running in a lot of people's fields. Like I can't, uh, you know, uh, that I can't solve the resistance. Um, and then just some of the the energetic distortion and density density in people's fields. So the thing of like really trying to clear out your energy centers, your chakras, everything you can do to clear out your field from all sorts of intrusions, that would be, that would be a really good idea right now, <laughs> kind of lighten the load. And the other thing I think that is very helpful for people is to let go of this idea that they need to find out what the truth mm. is. Future will be. Because there are actually a lot of different potential timelines. Truth is very relative depending on what level of consciousness you're operating in. And so letting that go, you know, like there's a right and there's a wrong to that. And just really focusing on creating what feels really good to you to create. And so it should feel, you know, like I made a decision this morning about something and I had to just drop in and tune in for a second. And what I'm looking for is it, did it make me feel lighter, more joyful, exciting? Or did it kind of just go, eh, that doesn't feel that great. <laughs> it didn't mm-hmm. do that for me, mm-hmm. you know? And which so is our own technology, which is built into our own operating system of the human body. It's telling you what feels good and light and joyful. It's all right there in the body. Yeah, and then the funny, strange ancestral and cultural conditioning comes in, right, with certain emotional and voice set points. <laughs> and where, you know, what I've been channeling in preparation for the big meditation on Earth Day uh, and the launch of Earth Recovery Team is, is this notion that um, all of the self-development work you've been involved in yeah. is about to pay off. Yeah. Yeah especially as we come together in a group and then what we're able to do as a group. 
and create from that space. But, you know, it hasn't just been, you know, just for, for your own individual um, enhancement. It's, it's for an, a completely different, it's, it's totally. I'm the very first book, new age book that I read in, I don't know, 97 bringers of the new dawn, right? Like it says it right there. And that's what that was all about. Bringers of the new dawn. And here we are. Now we're bringing in the new dawn. Bring it. <laughs> now we done brought it. <laughs> and the joy in that is, boy, did we go through that dark night. It was night time for a while. Yeah. And I think for many people, it still is, right? Uh, or they just got yes. thrown into it again. You know, uh, the spring equinox meditation, there were 220 mm. people registered for that. It's so beautiful. The synchronicity of the numbers. What we were shown, uh, we put our field together, all of our plasmic fields. We Well, first we invoked our ascended master archetype. Because again, if you're a field of consciousness, you're not just this lonely human. You have access to a lot of different aspects of yourself. Bringing in the ascended master archetype bring your fields together. And then we went to retrieve humanity, if you will, that was in the illusion of being at the very bottom of a very dark, deep well. And the light of our field shattered the well, right? It, it just dissolved it. And what we saw were a lot of people kind of dazed, a little bit dazed and confused, almost blinded by the light. Like, what? where am I? What's going on? And then each person on that meditation was guided to take millions of people under their wing like a spirit guide and energetically assist them onto the next aligned path for themselves, right? It was absolutely mm. exquisite. Mm. So this is what we're capable of doing for one another and ourselves. Yeah, right? I feel it. 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 I'm so grateful. So grateful to you for being such so a guide for so many through this process. It's really remarkable. This is absolutely why I'm on this planet. <laughs> Yeah. And, and while I don't want to see people suffer, I also have learned not to try to go in and take away that suffering. You know, there's a reason why they're experiencing something difficult. If I can provide context and reframing, then the individual can navigate their own journey out of resistance into surrender, acceptance, trust, what is. So yeah, every, everybody, you know, we're not stuck at home. We have kind of sat our little butts down <laughs> so that we can say, hey, what are we doing here? What are you doing here? Hmm. Maybe we're going to do something new. What can we do together? And totally, yeah. And then the Starseed Children's Collective, of course, is bombing my field right now and saying, look to the children. We have answers if you're willing to listen. Don't be afraid to ask your children some pretty big questions. And then maybe take some notes on what they said. So you don't. It's a great reminder. Another side project that I had the hit to pick back up, I started it this time last year, is this collective called Gaia Child. Yeah. What and what is that? What is that? Well, it's, Maybe. it's from a friend who has a um, a collective called um, I'm forgetting. It's 
I'm drawing blank on what it is now, but she reaches out and sends um, like crystals and things about the astrology and earth. And I always open this box with Benji, my moon box, and he loves it so much. And we go through it together. So the idea was to send these box, not to the parents or the moms like us, but specifically to the kids, these re-earthing practices mm. and the connect all the kids together globally about their connection to the earth and the cosmos and both and then helping them cultivate and tap into their intuitive wisdom and their heart wisdom and share those experiences together and then now that we're all homeschooling it's a it's a it's a perfect opportunity oh and right there my computer hard drive got full and stopped recording the conversation but that's okay. We were right at the end of our time anyways, just wrapping it up. I was mentioning about our my um, Gaia Child endeavor that I've been working on for over a year in the backgrounds with a good friend, Paula, who has the Moonbox and the Gaia Collective. We started to plan, um, like I said, over a year ago, the moon boxes for the kids called Gaia Child. So we're reinstating all of that work and hope to bring it to the public really, really, really soon because I think it'll be such a helpful tool for the kids and the parents during this time. And Asia was just saying how she couldn't agree more that the children are really the key right now and that they need to be listened to and that they're full of wisdom they're full of wisdom from the divine, from soul, from earth, and with our own, um, I don't know, like our own processings and what we're all going through as adults to not forget the children and not forget how difficult this is for a lot of the kids. I mean, my son, Benji, that I mentioned, he hasn't seen another kid in like three weeks he hasn't seen any of his buddies or played with anybody besides his older sister, Maya. And imagine how hard that is and the traumas that they're going through. So keeping them in mind and what their needs are and being gentle with them too, because wow, I can't even imagine being a kid right now during this time. So lots of love to the children. So much love. So much love. And I hope a lot will come out of this for them in service to them. And so much, so much thanks to Asia for this time that she shared of hers with us for this conversation. I hope that you get as much out of it as I do. And like I said in the beginning, you can find out more about her at multidimensionalyou.com. I'll put some links in the show notes. Love, love, love to all of you so much. Deep blessings.